Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Welcome to Cashflow Guys, episode nine. In this episode, we're going to change our format a little bit and talk about something you've probably never heard about before. Powerful, powerful information. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to Cashflow Guys podcast, episode nine. In this episode, I'm here with my partner, Leo Young, and I've usually kept him at bay with this the conversation, this topic, because it can get really deep. And involved, but my job on this podcast is to educate, help you listeners be educated on a different type of investment strategy that I now use with Leo's help and guidance that I've incorporated into my investment plan, and I've found it to be kind of amazing. Leo, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, it's uh, and. Tyler's going to keep me out of the weeds. I can I can dive uh, way down deep deep on this stuff, folks. If I get really quiet, it's because I'm on Facebook and I'm really not paying attention. But no, seriously, I'm not even on Facebook, and he's watching my screen right now, so I can't get on I'm gonna, Facebook. I'm going to keep him honest. Yeah. it's uh, the, the 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 general idea. It's called i banking. I meaning me. I banking. Banking, obviously, is where you can store money. But using this banking concept and internalizing the money instead of transferring that wealth opportunity for somebody else to earn, you keep that wealth opportunity. Um, I'll give you a good example. Um, If you had $100, okay, and you put it in the bank, the bank is going to give you very little in interest. Well, actually, they're going to do worse. They're going to charge me a monthly fee because I only have $100 on there. They might. So in four months, I'll have no money. <laughs> exactly. Well, what are they going to do with that money? Are they going to earn money on it? Yeah, they actually are going to probably, they're going to loan money on it. Over and over. And over. Ten times is, I think, what the Federal Reserve limits are right now. Basically right. So that opportunity to create wealth is transferred from your house to the bank. The bank is going to make money on your money, but they're not going to give you much for it. Yeah, but I got a free coffee mug. You did. And, uh, and I got one of those little cold bags that <laughs> yeah, you get when you yeah, get those. Great. are awesome. It, yeah. yeah, it's great. We're going to give you point zero zero one in a coffee mug, and we're going to make a whole bunch of money on yours. We're not going to give you very much. Oh, sounds like a plan. Where do I sign up? Right, exactly. It's basically taking that and internalizing, keeping that money in your account where you're creating that wealth opportunity for yourself. Okay. Does that now, make sense? That's not too weedy right there. Am I good so far? No, but a lot of listeners, are the first thing I, that, I, that comes to mind is, well, if I don't have a lot of money, then what's the point? Is this kind of like a checking account type of thing, or is it a savings account? I mean, if I put money in there, let's say I only have $5,000 to my name, does iBanking work for me? Not necessarily. It kind of depends on what you want to do. So w- what we do with everybody, like we did with Tyler and Jill, there's basically it takes at least three times to sit down. The first time we sit down... We've got to look at your plan. What are you doing? Where are you at? Where are you going? Where are you currently standing financially? We do a profit and loss sheet, just like we do in the cash flow games, that kind of stuff that we've covered on the show many times. So we've got to know where you're standing. Then we've got to determine where you want to go. Are you a real estate investor? Are you a W-2 employee? Uh, do you need to save for college? Um, do you have the proper protections in place? Are you an entrepreneur, 1099, W-2, you know, whatever that may be? 
and then we can structure different funds around what you want to do. One of the real popular iBanking funds right now is using a very small amount of money, $30, 40 $50 a month, and putting it into an iBanking fund dedicated for a child or a grandchild. Okay. So let's say one of your daughters, um, Amanda's 17? She's nine, uh, 20 now. She's 20. Okay. If we started an iBanking fund for her, it would probably cost about 30 bucks a month. And what that would provide for her is a post-tax dollar value. So you're paying the taxes now, which we encourage that because we're in a very low tax threshold. Right. So that basically what's left over when I get my paycheck, that net amount, I can take the money from there. Exactly. Okay. Putting it into a fund, dedicated fund in her name. And every month that you put money into it, it grows. Not by only the principal you put in, by the interest that the company will bear to that policy. So what prevents my daughter from just, I put $30 in and she takes $30 right back out again? It's not quite like swiping a credit card or anything like that. You have to actually request the funds from the bank. And the person that owns the account, the actual owner of the account, has to approve those funds. So okay, let's so say I can be the owner. You can be the owner. It can be in her name. It can be her name. Like for the benefit of. Benefit, exactly Okay, right. all right. 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 Exactly right. So what will happen is you can, uh, in fact, I've got some customers that, their grandkids don't even know that they've got it. They have no idea that they have a fund waiting for them. It's just there. It's just there, and Grandma puts 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month, $100 a month, or whatever in it. Now, there are some stipulations and some rules. You have to um, dedicate that policy threshold, not like a bank where you can just throw money in. You know, you can right. take your tax return and put an extra 50 grand in there and stuff like that. It really functions more like a, um, a, a policy where you're going to dedicate – your contributions. Like, I know I can put in 50 bucks a month, and we can do that for the next 20 years. Okay. Um, once you get to um, a point where you have reached your goal, and we talk about that when we're in these consults with folks, what are you going to do with the money? What's it for? Like, for example, could be for college. It could be for Amanda's first house payment. It could well, be yeah, for her like marriage. She's getting ready to go to Florida State, and um, if I would have done this five years ago, for example, and put I don't know, four or $500 a month in it for the intent of her using it five years from now to get a, have a down payment for her first house. How would that play out? Exactly right. So it builds up over five, six, seven years, whatever that case may be. She's, she goes to Tallahassee. She starts looking around for a house. She finds one. Instead of having to go to the bank for 100% financing or instead of having to come out of pocket, out of her bank account for the down payment, she can borrow from her iBank fund. Okay. Okay, so let's say she takes $10,000, pulls it out of her iBank fund to put a down payment on that house. Here's the beauty of it. She doesn't have to pay that money back. That money can come out of that account. You never have to pay it back because whose money is it? Well, it's hers. Exactly right. She's paying herself back. She can pay herself back if she wants to. You can refund that account or you don't have to at all. Yeah, but that's the same as a bank account to me. Not really, because it's your money. If you want to put it back in there, you can put it back in there. And we encourage that. You want to pay yourself back and accrue more and more money, but it is for a design purpose. So we sit down and we're counseling with folks and saying, okay, this is going to be a college fund. Okay, great. Off she goes. She pulls money out for books, tuition, whatever it may be. Lots of times it's a buying a house, a little kitty condo kind of thing or whatever. So instead of incurring those monthly payments to the bank, where those monthly payments to the bank accrue 
interest, right. transferring again wealth to the bank, we don't want to do that. We want to keep that wealth internalized. We want to keep that going back into her account. Okay, but I want to back up just a little bit. What's the difference between putting that in a traditional savings account or a regular bank? And what's in it for me? Why should I do this versus going and setting up a savings account at Bank of America? Great, great question. Flexibility first. How? You don't have to make payments back. You can make payments back in a lump sum. Well, stop There's... right there. I don't have to make payments back to Bank of America if I take money out of it. Right, but you're not going to earn any interest on it either. See, with an iBanking platform, okay, so you're what... earning interest. How much interest? It can range from we have floors that are 0.25%. What's the floor? The floor means it can't go below a certain amount. So below a quarter of a percent. Which is about what the bank is lending right now in most savings accounts. Right. Paying really, yeah. There are guaranteed funds that will pay 4.25. Really? Yes, guaranteed, 4.25. Then there are variable funds that will range all the way up to 12, down to the minimum. It just kind of depends, again, on what the customer is looking to do with the money. So let me get this straight. I want to make sure I heard this and the people that are listening have this straight. I can open up an iBank account, and depending on how we structure it, mm-hmm. based on what I plan on doing with the money, I can get returns all the way up to 12% in some cases? In some cases, absolutely. And when you said 4.25, I caught my eye. It's like, or my ear, rather. I could say take five, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, put it in this account, and it'll earn 4.25. And I know the rates are changed by the minute because that's the way things go in the economy today. But somewhere in that ballpark. And I have the ability to borrow that money back if I need to. On your own terms. Okay, so if I put, let's say I put $10,000 in there, it's earning 4.25%. That's the rate that that was locked in. That's mm-hmm. a guaranteed rate. And I want to borrow 5000 of it. Sure. Am I still earning 4.25 on the 10000 or am I only earning 4.25 on what's left in the account? Great question. It, you're going to earn off what's left in that account, okay. not what you take out. That's your money. You do whatever you want to with it. So whatever's left in that account, that guaranteed 45 4.25%, that's what you're going to be earning there. Okay, so there's obviously a, they're they're gonna when I borrow the money from my iBank account, right? That incurs some sort of a fee or or interest or something until it's paid back, right? Nope, none, none. And because you're borrowing, now I know that's a big bad word, but you're borrowing from your own account. You're not liquid. You're not taking money. You're borrowing against the principal that you have in there. You don't pay tax on it. You've already oh, paid tax. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a loan. It's it's a loan against your own money. Now people say, "Oh my gosh, a four letter word, the loan word." Well, let's put that in perspective. You were shopping for a new vehicle right. for, for the company. Okay, now the vehicle you're going to pay all kinds of sales taxes and different taxes when you purchase the vehicle, tag all of that stuff. But do you pay tax on the actual loan? No, loans are not taxable. So when you borrow from yourself, from your iBank, you're not being taxed. You've already paid the tax on it. It's post-tax. Exactly. You've only taxed once. So there's nothing to record or go to the CPA with or anything like that. And typically, most of the companies will get you a check within a week, and uh, you can use it as you want to. Um, We've got all kinds of different programs for all kinds of different needs. Well, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we do, when we come back, I want to talk more about the bank loan, pro- or the the loan process, how that actually plays out, and you know, 
couple different things in that in that arena. So we'll be right back with you here in just a few minutes. Located in Tampa, Florida, Insured Title Agency, ITA, is an independent title agency providing full title and closing services in 47 states. When choosing a title company, be sure they're underwritten by a solid title insurance company. The policy that insures your home ownership is an important one, so consider the source. ITA is underwritten by two of the largest and most sought after underwriters, Stewart Title and Commonwealth Land Title. ITA has been underwritten by both of these companies since our inception in 2006. Every client who chooses ITA does so because of our excellent service, rather than because they were steered in our direction because of an ownership interest or some other shady agreement. We're absolutely confident that our clients see the difference every time they work with us. When you're ready to close your next real estate transaction, give Insured Title a call at 813-855-855. 3585. Welcome back, folks. Episode 9. We're talking with Leo Young, my partner here, about iBanking. Um, I, Leo, when we left off, we were talking about the whole loan process and that the bank will pay us, depending on how we have it structured. And we use just throughout a term of like four and a quarter, a rate of like 4.25% per year. Why would the insurance companies do that? What's in it for them? Well, insurance companies are. They are one of the most profitable business entities since the inception of the corporation back in the you know Victorian days. Um, insurance companies make huge amounts of money, much more so than the banking industry, little known secret in the industry. And because of the way that they're structured and how the insurance companies work, they're able to push out bigger returns because they don't loan money out. That, that's typically not what they do. They collect money. They collect in premiums, and they pay out in benefits. That's how it works. So okay. a bank a bank has to loan money. They take money in, in deposits, and then they have to loan money out for purchases, like homes and cars and things like that. Insurance companies don't really do that. They take money in, and then they pay out in premiums. Now, they do have investment strategies where they're investing in um, municipalities that borrow from them to build huge plants and different things like that. And they also invest heavily in stock and the stock markets in a very complex manner. But insurance companies make a huge amount of money, and they're able to pay out bigger, well, interest for people that invest with them. So if I put my money in there and the stock market tanks, am I going to lose all my money? I mean, are they outplaying the stock market or are they doing investing in REITs, the real estate trust, and things like that? Is there an opportunity for me to lose my money? That, that's a great question. The platforms that we use are not directly invested in the stock market. I okay, want to make sure we're clear on that one. And this is as, hopefully as weedy as I'll get. Um, the S&P 500 is an index which is, you can imagine, it's like a cross-section of the economic health of the United States. Right. And there are different funds, 500 of them, actually, Standards & Poor's, 500 index fund, that participate in this fund going from tech firms to oil and gas to commodities and all of that stuff. And to be in that fund, there are certain parameters that... Uh, that these companies will be invited to participate in. So, like I said, you've got tech funds and you've got commodity funds and you've got uh, import-export kind of businesses and things like that that mirror or replicate the movement or the health of the United States economy. 
So let me back up right there. Let's say I start with $5,000. Sure. And it's based on the S&P, and my rate of return fluctuates based on the S&P's performance. If you are in a variable platform, yes. Okay. So what that'll be is, is depending on the fund that you choose, the way you participate in it, because you can choose different levels, aggressive levels of participation, or very conservative levels of participation. But you will get a return that is based off of the movement of the S&P 500. Which brings my question. So if I put the 5000 in mm -hmm. and I don't withdraw it, mm -hmm. I let it sit there, I don't borrow against it, I don't, don't do anything, is there any opportunity for the 4000 to become less than, or the 5000 to be less than 5000 Can I lose my $5,000? You can, but in the funds that we use with my agency, um, we really steer clear away from those. Um, there are some hyper-aggressive ones that you can actually lose money in, and I don't really recommend very many people going into that. In fact, I don't really sell them at all. I shouldn't really say that on the air, but that's not something that I like. The lowest rate of return that we find is 0.25, and for us to get a 0.25 return, I mean, we have to. the, the United States has to be in dire economic turmoil for it to pay that low. Okay. We, we use what's called a look back. So we look back at the S&P 500's performance over the last 20 years. The average of those 20 years is a little over 8%. But it sounds like to me that it won't perform. The money won't grow, but it won't go away. Well, look at it like this. If, um, if you had money in the bank and or I'm sorry, money in the stock market. Now, you're going to get huge gains in the stock market, but what also are you going to suffer? Huge losses. Right, because somebody's actually selling off the assets. Exactly. If you take out the bottom, if you take the zeros out, the loss of money, okay, and you only stay in the fat, what we call the fat, that means only in the portion where it makes money, that's a good deal, right? Yeah. But in order to do that, the insurance companies won't let you have these 30-point swings. What they'll do is they'll take it down to about a 12. Okay. So if you don't lose money, you're always growing. You're always improving your position, whether it's 2% or 10%. You're always moving forward. You're always moving up. You're so essentially, growing. I can never go below my 5,000. It may stay at 5,000 for an eternity if things are terrible, but I'm not going to wind up with a zero balance. No, the likelihood of that happening is like literally asteroids falling on the planet kind of turmoil kind of stuff. Okay. These funds are they're not the answer for everybody. We have to sit down. we got to really dive into it. We work a lot with wholesalers and flippers who use these particular funds so they don't have to borrow from the bank. They can get funding literally within a week to buy a house because they're borrowing from their own money. They know that it's growing, and it's growing in a, in a post-tax dollar, so they're not going to be taxed on it. It's a way for uh, people that are entrepreneurially minded in real estate. We even have folks that use it when they're flipping cars, hmm. and they'll refund those accounts whenever they want to. And they know that it's constantly going to be growing. At what rate will vary between you know 0.25 and some of them 10, some of them 14, some of them a little bit higher than that. But we take the bottom out. Well, how often does the growth adjust? I know it's probably tied to the plan and how you set it up, but realistically, in a general sense, is it an annual thing? Is it a daily thing? 
that is going to get into some some deep weeds, but it's what's called a point to point return from one point into the year to the next the same point in the next year, and it's calculated each month. There's a rate of return, and averaged to be given to you, the policyholder, in a year. Okay, so, so they're calculating last year's to pay you for this year. Okay. So, folks, this is why I suggested we do this episode because this is the point. This is the kind of stuff you, that you need to think about and take a minute to listen to to set yourself up with that bulletproofing plan that we've talked about in previous episodes. Now, I actually just, my wife and I just did this uh, with our investment properties. And what we, the problem that we found is, like Leo was saying, people put money in savings accounts or CDs or things like that. And it's just not doing anything, it's not performing. And, you know, the money is there. I don't have to necessarily borrow from it um, like this scenario, but it's not do It's guaranteed to not do anything sitting in the bank. Guaranteed. In fact, I'll take that further. It's guaranteed to lose money. True, because appreciation rate is. And the is, devaluation of the dollar. Yeah. Then when the government says the, 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 the depreciate or the inflation rate is 3%, and then they have that little caveat at the bottom with the asterisk that says not including food and fuel. Yep. Which are the two most volatile things that we're dealing with in today's society. So. The cost of food, the cost of fuel. So, you know, if your if your money's not performing at the uh, rate of inflation or better, then you got a problem. You got a big problem. You're losing money. And this is what we looked at with the apartment buildings. We have to have higher, uh, higher uh, uh, reserve accounts. You know, when you're buying a single family home, you can get away with a few thousand dollars for a reserve account. But when you're responsible for, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, five hundred units. Apartment buildings, uh, you, you got to start thinking about big numbers for your reserves. If something major comes up, like the air conditioning dies in, a, in, a, in several units within the same month, or the roof goes out, or you have a major plumbing issue that affects the whole building, you're not going to wait until Monday to call a plumber out there to fix the main sewer line. You're calling a plumber out whenever it breaks, and you're going to pay him to stay there with 20 people if that's what it takes and bulldozers to fix it. Exactly. These things can get really pricey. So what we did with our apartment buildings is we set up these reserve accounts. However, we use the iBanking principle to is a place to put those funds. So, Leo, if you can further on that. Yeah, it's real simple. Um, instead of it X number of thousands of dollars sitting in the account earning nothing, we've put it into an iBanking program so it can perform, and you can draw on that money anytime you want. Now, now here's the, here's the catch. Here, here's the thing. When I sat down with you and Jill, we had several meetings, and we have to determine how you're going to dedicate this money because there's different ways that we construct these programs to make sure that they will perform for their designed usage. There's no such thing as a universal one-fit-all. So we put this program together, transferred the monies that you had for your reserve accounts that you're collecting every month because those reserve accounts build. And we put them into this iBanking platform to just let it sit and grow, sit and grow, sit and grow. So we put together a very particular program that is a very conservative program so that it will gain a little bit every year, outpacing inflation, certainly. So you can tap into that for new roofs or vacancy losses or or whatever that you need. Okay, sounds good. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how iBanking uh, converts into uh, how you insure your assets and, of course, how you insure yourself for medical insurance. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Future Home Realty is a proud sponsor of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry, matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727-417-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career and your checkbook. Welcome back, folks. With us, the Cashflow Guys, Tyler. We're at episode nine. We're talking about iBanking and some diverse strategies, uh, ways to increase what you have or use what you have to get what you need to accomplish what you want. And Leo, in the last segment, you talked about uh, risk and that you had placed. We chose some a little bit more moderate risk or lower risk opportunities for us. I want to touch on that as far as you know. I, I talk to a lot of people every day. They're like, "Well, geez, you know." I met this guy at a real estate meeting and he's offering a 12% return. And he said over four years, that's a 48% return on my cash. And the first thing I think to myself, and, and then it brings the question, what's the risk associated with that? Well, that is a great question. Since we're not directly, the funds that I use, the programs that I operate in typically are not directly invested in the stock market. We have a a very high guarantee rate, which means that we're getting, I don't want to say we're getting stock market-like returns because we're really not. What we're getting, though, is we're getting indexed returns, which means it can't go, go below a floor, but it's, you're going to give up the high side as well. It's not going to go past a certain point either. Right. You're not going to see a 30% upside. You're not going to see that, that 48% return that, right. that people pitch in the real estate meetings, which I think to myself, somebody's buying a trailer in the middle of the, uh, <laughs> the, the desert. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. It is a long-term strategy. There are short-term ways to do it. Those get a little more complicated. Uh, we use the short-term strategies for folks that um, are cash-heavy, that are using a lot of cash, moving a lot of cash, like the flippers and the wholesalers and folks like that. But that requires a lot more work on our end, and it gets a real, real weedy. But this is a long-term investment strategy is basically what it is. Let's talk about uh, the policy overlaps and, the, and how it pertains here now. What's important to know is when I left government service, one of the things that delayed my departure was I got really used to having that federal medical insurance policy as a federal employee, and it was it was great. The copays were almost non-existent, and now that I'm I'm self-employed, and you know I've got uh, I, we took a deep look at the health insurance our health insurance needs, and yeah. that was part of the the big part of our exit strategy from leaving that government employment was the medical insurance and how that factors in, coupled with that. Now we have all these investment properties, and we're buying property and casualty insurance on each one of them. How should we be set up? How does this tie into our property and our medical insurance? Yeah, it, there's not a single fit. There's a several rollouts. For the folks who are listening on the show, um, they're interested in what we are talking about. They're interested in real estate development, investment strategies, and different things like that. It is a fluid ongoing, moving system. It's not one fund, one account, one anything. For example, what we did for you guys, Jill and Tyler, we were looking specifically at a set of properties that are north of us in that Tennessee area, and we looked specifically at the management of those properties, the rents that are being taken in, and taking that surplus money that you're collecting for maintenance every month 
and putting that into a dedicated fund that you can use for whatever maintenance expense you want, whether that be toilets and termites or roofs and recarpeting. It doesn't matter. So we've dedicated your iBanking fund to serve a very specific purpose. When it comes to health insurance and things like that, there's a couple of different strategies. You've got traditional health insurance. You've got traditional health insurance with high deductibles. So you've got a $10,000 deductible, let's say. That usually comes with a HSA, health savings account. Absolutely. And we'll have a whole episode on health savings accounts and how those things work and how we can operate really a little more creatively in those, but not for this episode. Then with me, we can actually set up an iBanking strategy to help mitigate the cost on that. Now, here's why I'm saying this. I don't know what the future is going to be, especially with healthcare. And I know everybody is affected out there. That's one of the big buzzwords. I mean, we heard it in the meeting just the other day, that the networking meeting we were at. Absolutely, healthcare and how that affects. And, and you know, interesting little sidebar that I heard from my attorney recently is we're learning about the HSAs and how you can self-direct those HSAs, how you can maybe get into a high-deductible medical insurance policy. And people think, well, why would I want to do that? Because then I have a high deductible and what right. you know, how can that possibly be an advantage obviously it, the the first advantage that you see is it reduces your premium because the the more that you're willing to contribute to the deductible the lower your insurance premium but then again now i have the savings do i put that savings in my pocket what do i do with that savings right well we can fund an eye banking program now with with these eye banking programs these are modeled within a life program, a life platform, life insurance platform. What that means with the new life insurance platforms, which in the little quick sidebar here, the, the crash in 05 to 08. Oh, yes. They remember, that was the best thing that happened to in my industry. I mean, it washed all the mud away, and the products and services that are out there now are incredible. Never seen... Uh, that I, in my experience, stuff this good. So you can take those savings from the uh, going to an HSA plan or any savings that you want, putting it into iBanking, you're going to get accelerated benefits with that as well. For example, God forbid you had a stroke. Well, that's going to hit your health care hard. That's going to hit that HSA account hard. You can also pull money out of your iBank that's not the cash that you've been putting into it. It's actually a death benefit that is accelerated to you for qualifying events like stroke and heart attack and loss of daily function. And there's a whole litany of different things like that. That um, So basically you're saying there's profit and pain. There's almost there. There kind of is. How about I fake a stroke? You give me 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Well, let's just change my policies. Everything will be fine, I promise. Right. No, we got to keep you alive a little longer, you brother. You get lots of partners. <laughs> That's right. I'm really not that dynamic. <laughs> well, going back a little bit to the to the multiple, multiple policy overlap, we see this a lot, especially with a W-2 worker. They've got a, a short-term policy. They've got a long-term. They've got an income replacement. They've got a duck Aflac thing policy for this and that and the other and yeah I have a parking spot at Aflac by the way I I got sucked into that yeah and I, and, and they're good programs it was okay but I actually had to work for it to get it it's like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. it was, I was they offered it to the government a significant discount government employees but I had to actually it was a hard time getting it to to someone to sell me the policy I'm like I want it I love the duck yeah give yeah. me the policy it's right. got to be great right because there's a duck talking about it yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was a little complicated. And when it came down to actually filing a claim, you got to jump through a lot of hoops. Right. See, with an iBanking, you don't file a claim. No, but, you know. You was, just go get your money. The easy part was the auto deduct out of my checking account, that went off without a hitch. 
Oh, yeah, they'll do that right. $150 a month, <laughs> bye-bye. They'll, they'll do that right. Yeah, absolutely. See, with an iBanking, it's your money. Use it any way you want to. Use it for long-term disability, short-term. Use it for accident, income replacement, replacing a roof. Go on vacation. Nobody cares. Hunting rifle? Hunting rifle. Hunting it, cabin. Hunting cabin. Beer keg for hunting cabin. You got it. Anything you want, and you don't file a big lengthy claim process. You just go get it. Because it's my money. It's your money. You're, you're borrowing against your money that is accruing interest, and if you do it right, outpacing inflation. Really can't break it down any simpler than that. No, not really. And there are much deeper concepts, and I teach a lot of classes around the area on it. It does get a little boring, folks, but I can make it pretty exciting if you come to one of my seminars. And, of course, you can reach, uh, reach me at info at cashflowguys.com. And, of course, go to the website. We'll have some links to more information on iBanking and stuff like that. And, Tyler, this is fun. I appreciate this get, get, let me talk for a while yeah he's just actually <laughs> just tickled pink to get to talk about something besides real estate but even though i threw a little real estate in there you know because i can't help it it's like a drug but <laughs> thanks for joining this episode i hope you found it interesting and like leo said if you want to learn more about this talk to leo you can reach him through our website as he said uh, at cashflowguys.com uh, also look him up uh, his insurance agency is caveo financial Caveo Financial Solutions. Solutions, yeah, absolutely. And he's helped me with, some, with several solutions, and I look forward to him helping you as well. And that's all we have for you today, and we hope to see you in our next episode.